and welcome to the Essential Property Podcast with your hosts, Paul Samuda and Amanda Woodward. With 45 years of combined experience in the world of property buying, selling, investing and developing, they are here to share with you their knowledge in the Stoke-on-Trent, Newcastle-under-Lyme and Crew property market. Let's get started. Welcome to episode five of the Essential Property Podcast, where we discuss all things property related within the Crew, Stoke-on-Trent and Newcastle-under-Lyme area of the country. The podcast is directed at landlords, investors, agents, or anyone new to the area and thinking of investing in residential or commercial real estate. My name is Paul Samuda, and I'm pleased to have with me today Mr. Andrew McCarrigal, former estate agent and letting agent until about three years ago when he sold up to live a slightly less frenetic life. Andrew, welcome. For those that don't know you, perhaps you can give a little bit of a brief introduction into your into your background and how you became a, an estate agent before we dive into the nitty-gritty of, of crew property. Well, hi, Paul. Thanks for having me along. Well, very simply, uh, I became a estate agent because my father was one, and uh, I was born and brought up in the crew area. Well, actually, Biddulph in Stoke-on-Trent, but my father was a professional footballer for Crew Alex, so he eventually became an estate agent in Crew. I obviously grew up in Crew and lived in Crew virtually all my life. And when I left university, I wanted to be anything but an estate agent, but jobs were tough in 1983 to get. So I went crawling cap in hand and my dad gave me a job. He was actually a commercial chartered surveyor, as is my brother. And I uh, entered the residential side, ran various offices for his firm for a number of years until he sold out to the Halifax in 1988. I stayed with the Halifax and worked my way up to become area manager for Cheshire and Staffordshire until 1998, when um, I left to start my own business. I had my own business from 1998 until 2018, so just about 20 years. And we made a pretty good job of it. We had other offices in Alsager and Sandbach, although I closed those at the start of the recession in 2007. But we had a, quite a good standing in crew. And I always saw myself as a big fish in a small pond rather than a small fish in a big pond, if you take the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we had, we had some good things. I think the, the peak we ever sold in one month was 90 houses. So we had some very good months prior to the recession in 2007. Things were a bit tougher after that. And then I took the decision when I got to 55 to take a good offer from Stevenson Brown Estate Agents to sell out and look after my own property portfolio, which is a mixture of residential and commercial properties, which I look after. So I still have to deal with tenants, which is the bad news. <laughs> but, Amazing. Uh, yeah, but after 37 years in the business, I think I can smell a good one and smell a bad one. And sure. obviously problems don't phase me, if you like. So plenty of experience. I think you're a little bit modest in terms of the heights of the business. I know I bought my first property in crew through McGarrigal's and I had to deal with the lovely girl who was quite a toughie. I mean, you trained, trained them well. But you, correct me if I'm wrong, you were the largest independent estate in terms of sales and crew. 
I think we were at times. I think Butters would probably give you an argument that they were. I think they had spells where they probably were, but obviously they sold out some years ago to a bigger company. So as an independent, we probably were for a long time. But obviously Butters had 17 offices, I think, or something. Yeah. So they yeah. had yeah. marketing, et cetera, et cetera. But I always went on the philosophy of trying to get houses on the right on the market at the right price and try and sell them as opposed to just having a big stock. My dad always used to say, you know, it's it's all about the ones you sell, not the ones you list. So I think I think we were always known to be fairly realistic in terms of pricing. And I think that's probably the difference between us and them. But well, we, I mean, we had, you know, we had a we always had a good stock. We had a we had a good relationship with Butters. I wouldn't like to knock them, but I think they changed more than we did in the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. And just in terms of the sale of the business, you said you got to 55. Was it always your goal to get to 55 and call it a day and do other things? Or was it the mark was it market driven? Did you think you were I've, I've had enough of this? To be perfectly honest, Paul, I would have retired at 45 if I something to a business. But I'm, I'm not a natural person who wants to sit and make money year after year. I mean, I, I have a good living now, thankfully, off the back of my properties. But to me, getting away from the stress, it's very, very stressful running a busy estate agent. And the biggest driver for me was just how people started being in terms of when I first started, even as a 21-year-old, people showed me a lot more respect as a 21-year-old than they did as a 54-year-old. And obviously, everybody's an internet expert now. And it it just became to the stage where I was getting emails on Saturday nights from people who'd had a drink trying to demand why I hadn't sold their house, you know, and things. In fact, I would say the three worst clients I had, both vendors and purchasers, all came in the last 12 months of my business. So it was an easy decision to move away from that, to be honest. So, And I suppose that's the part of estate ancient businesses that both as an investor or even as a consumer, we don't see. We think it's all glossy pictures, bit of viewing, sell a house, take a fee, and that's it. But there's obviously a lot more to it behind the scenes. Well, there is. Uh, and sadly, not everybody's as nice a customer as you ever were, Paul or Amanda, your colleague. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the end of the day, I worked hard in my business for a long time, as you know, and I consider myself to know what I'm doing. And I just think when you get somebody selling their first house who rings you up and gives you a, a list of 10 things they think you ought to be doing, having no experience whatsoever <laughs> in selling a house, you, you think it's time to hang up your boots. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, indeed. So, I mean, as I said, I, I bought my first property on, on Middlewich Street. I think it was 178 Middlewich Street, I think, from memory. I mean, that was back in 2012, so almost 10 years ago. I remember I started investing in Stoke, and then I graduated to Crewe, and there was a stark difference between Crewe and Stoke. And people in Crewe told me, um, please don't compare us to Stoke, <laughs> which was quite interesting. <coughs> But in, in, in those 10 years, obviously, you've been, from an estate agent standpoint, out of the game for about three years, but obviously, you're an investor and a landlord yourself. But in, in the last 10 years or so, what do you think has changed? Well, I think, obviously, there's there's been a big structural change in the economy in crew. You know, I mean, there's a lot of talk about the impact HS2 is going to have. Obviously, Bentley's entrenched itself more deeply in the town, and, and that's a big driver, I think, because... If Bentley came out of crew for any reason, the crew, the town would be a mess. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people working there, and they keep talking. I think if Brexit hadn't happened, they'd have been they'd have been doubling their workforce here, which right. yeah, yeah. would be good for the town. I mean, obviously, I come from the background where the railway and Bentley fed the town, and obviously, the railway is more or less gone as a, an employer now. But thankfully, Bentley stepped up to the plate, and they keep talking about investing in the town centre. I mean, my, my brother is a retail expert, a lot more. Uh, sorry, yeah, a retail expert but rather than, you know, because he's in the commercial world, 
And he actually lectures at, um, I think, Trent Polly, which is a centre for that. And he pulls his hair out at some of the things they're doing. But they, they, I think they'll get there, but by the wrong routes. And I think if the centre was more vibrant, I think that it would be an easier sell, if you like, in terms of a lifestyle town. But I mean, I spoke to a young lady last night. I went out for a drink and she's moved up here. Her boyfriend works for an IT company mm-hmm. and they specifically moved to Crew because property still remains very affordable. Yeah. They came up here without jobs in the area. He works from home. She's got a job in the local pub. She actually, you know, is a barmaid in the pub and they love it. You know, they said they're in some of those new houses off West Street that where the old railway works used to be. Yeah. yeah. I think the affordability still remains high. And, and you know, it isn't. I mean, I was born and brought up in Crewe, and it's a lovely town. I, I just think they need to get the town centre sorted. That's the biggest thing for me. I mean, just on just on that town town centre, I mean, I've heard a number of different stories and schemes, and I actually promoted sometimes that Crewe's trying to turn itself into a mini Las Vegas with, <laughs> with HS2, HS2 on the way. <clears throat> revamp town centre but what is their objective you know in terms of your experience and your communication with people from the council and and, and different entities what is the plan that they want to do with the centre well they've got they've got they've obviously done the market hall now which if you look at altering markets and some of your uh, you know, listeners, I suppose, will be familiar with Altrincham Markets, and that is deemed to have generate regenerated the centre of Altrincham. Um, yeah. So they did the, the market. I don't know if you've ever been there, South Paul, but basically they took an old market hall and they've made a series of independent food retailers around the outside of the market hall, probably 15 or so, or drinks and food, with common tables in the middle. So you get your food or drink and sit down in the middle. It's a remarkably good atmosphere. And what, what's happened then is other businesses have latched onto it and opened up in the adjoining shops and streets and so on, which is, and it's all brought people in. So they've ended up with a very vibrant you know, town centre in Altrincham. Yeah. It's probably a little bit more upmarket than crew. Yeah. Generally, the thing works. So they've done the same in crew now. And I believe they've got five or six food retailers ready to go in. They probably need to open with more than that. But they're going to hold concerts there. They're going to sort of have these food retails and drinks outlets in their craft beer and so on. And I think that will draw people into the town centre at night because mm-hmm. the problem with crew has always been that nobody lives in the town centre. So sure. it becomes a bit of a desert at night. So I think yeah. if you've got more people going in there, you know, obviously other shops will stay open in the evenings, other, other businesses will open, other pubs will open and so on. And I think one leads to the other. I mean, you, you only have to look at Nantwich and how vibrant that is. And that's driven by leisure facilities. That's the new future because obviously retail's struggling if you like so the, the building you know the layout of the town center is nice they've now knocked down the bus station and all that side of the town center if you're familiar with that yeah yeah plot power was that's now all gone and they're talking about building some new shops on there and i think that's where the divergence comes between my brother and the planners because i think he feels they're building the wrong things there he doesn't think it'll ever get built because they've employed a, a contractor to do it who obviously won't start till they get retailers signed up I personally think they should build houses on there to draw more people into town centre. And because there's enough shopping within an hour of crew, you know, yeah. Birmingham, Chester, Manchester, Liverpool, yeah. even the potteries, you know, the pottery centre, where crew just won't survive as a thriving big shopping centre. And the retail's 
as you probably have noticed through pandemic, has mm-hmm. really taken a massive hit. So they've got to change the model. And the model should be leisure, smaller shops, you know, shops run by people to make a living rather than a fortune. And, and in fact, my brother's just been given the job of filling the empty Asda shops, which are empty. So he's just been given the job to do that. So, you know, he'll attract people into those. And it starts off with the small shops. And then the big shops will suddenly want to come back in, you see, when it's all busy. So so I, I think the model, the model will be a lot more going on in the town centre, which means people want to stay in crew rather than spend the money in Nantwich or Nutsford or Chester or Manchester or somewhere. And um, then the town just becomes a nicer town because the outskirts of the town are beautiful. You know, the, the, the states there, the park, the Queen's Park is, it was the second formal park laid out in the north of England after Birkenhead Park. And it's and I think it's probably the best urban park in the north of England at all. Yeah. You know, if, if anybody wants to go and have a look at, you know, how nice that is, that's the kind of thing that crew can hang its hat on, you know. So, so I, think, I think there's a lot going to be going on. It's just a shame the council's doing it rather than something <laughs> You mentioned about sticking more residential in the centre, and there's a big debate waging throughout the country, primarily on the back of planning changes put forward uh, by the housing minister. Are you a fan of seeing more residential right in the city centre versus trying to pack it with retail, which, as we've seen over the years, has just not worked? Well, you're not. I mean, if you look at Crewport, you probably know it you know, quite well now. If you look at the whole of Nantwich Road, there's yeah. almost two miles of shops on Nantwich Road. Right. Right. It's a mile. It's a mile from, just under a mile from the old police station to the uh, railway station. Mm-hmm. So you've got nearly two miles of shops. You've got almost another probably half a mile down Eddleston Road. You've got a half a mile of shops on Westry, and then you've got the town centre as well. There's not a town in this country of the size of Crewe, which I think has got a population of about 70,000, mm-hmm. who needs that many individual shops. So obviously a lot of them on the fringes of that can be turned into the kind of properties your clients might be interested in. And obviously mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of advantages, yeah. as you and they'll know, to to changing commercial properties into residential, you know, and and and, and we know both know people who are doing that. So I think those are the those, those that's one massive opportunity to look out for, you know, in crew generally because we just don't need that many shops. And if the town centre rents come down, which is the reason why people would open a shop on West Street or Elston yeah. Road or Nantwich Road, you know, because it's cheaper. Yeah. If the town centre rents come down, then obviously it's going to be more affordable to people go where they ought to be, which is the town centre. Although crazily, you know, for a town centre that's not functioning well, there's still the dearest parking charges in Cheshire East, which I, I just don't understand. You know, it's one of the, the things I would do would be get rid of the parking charges and um, draw people in. Uh, and, and another point my brother makes is actually to incorporate parking on street parking rather than making it all pedestrianised because people will call in to go to a butcher's or a baker's or a candlestick maker's and park outside, go in, buy their thing and come away again. But if they've got to park five minutes away and pay 75p, they won't do it. So they'll go to Eddleston Road or Nantwich Road, which is why Nantwich, Nutsford and these smaller towns work so well because yeah. you can park outside the shop you want to go in. So yeah. Well, hopefully we have some, some people from the council that are listening to some of the very valuable points that you're, you're making. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the famous HS2. Have we got past the stage of will it or won't it happen? Have we, are we past that stage now? I think so. I think they've made the decision they're going to do it and the cost's going to be, the final cost will be far more than they've ever anticipated. As somebody said to me, if you want to save, you know, if, if it's that important you to save, to be at a meeting, 
in, you know, in an hour rather than an hour and a half, just leave half an hour earlier. <laughs> the journey, but but it, you know, the way work's going, and I think the pandemic's taught us all that even what we're doing now, we couldn't, we wouldn't have done two years ago. You know, we wouldn't have done a, a Zoom meeting two years ago, but it's become the norm for people now. Mm. So I, I don't know how many people are going to be dashing to London every day. Apparently, talking to local contacts who are on the railway, the important thing isn't the fact. That the rail that that how much how busy HS2 gets, but it's what it releases for the commercial the, the other lines to let commercial yes. traffic. Yes, I've heard that. that. Yeah, that's what's at the um at the zenith of it. But I mean, you have to say if if it brings you know one percent extra pro- prosperity to crew, then uh, you've got to welcome it because anything extra is is going to be good. I mean, it'll have a bigger effect than that for crew. How wide that'll flow out from crew. I mean. Uh, one of my neighbours is building some houses in Winsford, which is about 10 or 12 miles away. And he's he's had those valued up because of the HS2 effect. Now, I just don't think Winsford, for example, is going to have an effect from HS2, to be honest. But but I think crew, particularly the, the villages that are close to where the station's going to be, which is in the station now, apparently, going to have you know quite a boost in terms of popularity. And anywhere that's walkable to it will have as well, because... You know, you're buying a house, a flat in crew, or renting a place in crew for a fraction of what you'd be doing it in London. So, you know, an hour on the train, people travel for that in London, don't they? Easily. Well, to that point, I, I my first visit to crew was when I lived in London. I remember sitting in, I can't remember which agent it was. You might well have been yours actually, and I just got some quotes to rent my one bedroom flat in London. And that was exactly the same price as a five-bedroom house with a surrounding lake mm. in an area just outside of Crewe. And, I mean, I was shocked. One can only imagine that when HS2 does actually happen in the distant future, then it will open up property to a whole bunch of people that don't mind travelling on the train for an hour. I mean, you can do that from East London to West London on the Tube, yeah. And, and it can take a lot longer. It's going to be quite interesting. You know, just on that point, I mean, sort of you've been in the estate industry for a long time. So you've seen recessions, you've seen government policy changes. What do you make of the market booming during COVID? Well, I, th- I think, it, you know, as an economist, which is what my degree's in, it, it's basically a voucher. And a voucher will always give a bump to something because it's it's increasing the demand for it, you know, basically you it's a fifteen thousand pounds saving or so or or up to a fifteen thousand pounds saving. It's a massive amount of money for most people, particularly in crew. And what from what I'm hearing from my old firm and from other estate agents I know, they can't get houses on the market quick enough. You know, they're literally going the day they're coming on. And you know, that's great because it clears out a lot of the stock, it refreshes everything. It'll slow down after June. I mean, it'll start slowing down a little bit very soon because obviously if you talk to the solicitors, I mean, I, I talked to Jonathan Manning, one of the local solicitors, about Christmas time. I had a, something I had to ask him about one of, my, one of my own properties. And he was literally, he's like literally working 12 hour days, you know, to try and get the properties through. And then they extended it and he could just go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but that that's you know obviously we're, we're halfway through april now if you haven't bought a house now you're probably not going to get the stamp duty saving given the volume <clears throat> i mean stevenson brown apparently sold 68 houses in february you know so that's a massive amount you know it's not quite up to the 90 we sold at our peak but um it's quite good for them you know well, so. it's not the same management is it <laughs> no it's not <laughs> although it's all the same staff i would add so you can guarantee the staff are very good 
because I trained absolutely, them. absolutely. But, but it's a lot of houses, you know, it's a hell of a lot, and they're running around, you know, very briskly because obviously they've had half the staff furloughed in that time. But sure. but but I think um, I think the boom will stop. There'll be a little bit of a run on. It's like trying to stop a speeding train. You know, it takes a few hundred yards to stop. <clears> or, you know, because the, 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 there's still an, an, an over demand for the supply that's there. But slowly but surely, that'll tilt back again, and they'll start listing more than they're selling, and then suddenly they'll build up a stock again and have a bit of a rest in the process. You know, and that will probably happen, I think, sometime around December next year, which naturally is a break on on the market every year. You know, December yeah. is always a slowdown. And um, from investors, either either current or, or new ones coming into the area, how does this impact them? Or, or should they be now looking at slightly different parts of crew to invest their hard-earned pennies? Any thoughts well, on that? Well, I've always been, and I've probably had this conversation with you in the past, Paul, is always buy the best house in the best street you can afford. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a bit dear, the best streets will always stay dear. If you start compromising and going to a poorer street, I think you can risk that, you know, the, I mean, I don't think property prices are going to go down massively. You know, and they've always talked about it, but I've I've never known up here. It's not like London where you can, uh, you know, they can suddenly drop by 10% or something. Yeah. We, don't, we don't go up as much, but we don't go down as much either, you know. So I think if you buy a good house in a good street, you, you'll always be able to sell it. I mean, you know, I've had some now for probably 15 years and I don't think they've ever gone down. They just haven't gone up as much as I'd have liked them to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, but I, I think you know I, I've always concentrated off the Nantwich Road area personally um, we own shops on Nantwich Road and I own houses off it you know the Hungford Road area is very good you know anywhere on the peripherals good I think I would just still tend to stay out of the West End a little bit although there's mm-hmm. good roads and bad roads there as well you know mm-hmm. so but I wouldn't just buy on price I think I'd buy on value rather than price you know I think that's always been my driver you know we're the the roads you know like Ruskin your Ruskin roads and Luntown yeah. you know which you'll know well they're they're always nice roads you know there's a reason they're nice roads and there's a reason they stay nice so I think I think that's where you, I would look at but I think you've got to look for those other opportunities you know if if people can do it you know finding the commercial properties to turn into residential you know and I think that's a big market because they tend to come cheaper you know commercial property values have actually have actually dropped quite a lot you look at something sort of sell commercially if you can get the change of use for it and, and I think it I think they've changed the rules a little bit so you, it's yes. not it was so permitted development now yeah, that's right. So I think um, if you can find those kind of places, you know, because rents have dropped during the pandemic and commercial property isn't as viable, I think that there's some huge opportunities in that side because I don't think people have latched onto it. You know, you've just obviously got to have a bit more cash to do the conversions and things, which, you know, is all about liquidity, I suppose. But but I, I certainly think that's, I think if we were doing more stuff, we'd be looking at doing more conversions because uh, obviously the VAT savings and the other, um, the other advantages of it. So, yeah. you know, th- there are still... You know, quite a few, and I know, I know some. You know, I know, as you know, I know a few other people who've who've done that, and they make that's their model almost now. Sure. Do the conversions, if you like. So, sure. and you can split it if you have a shop downstairs and flats above. You know, we've managed to split it in the past to get the VAT savings and so on. But I think there's tons. I think there's tons of that available, and it just doesn't hold a commercial value because the rents are so low. You know, it's, yes. If you've got yes. something that's rented at six thousand pounds, and you're only going to get relatively low covenant model you know people going in there uh, you, you can only value a you know a terraced house that's, yeah. a, that's a shop effectively you can yeah. only value that at you know at probably eight to ten times its rent you know so that's that's cheaper than it'd be as a terrace if you like right. so 
I think that's where you've got to look at. And the good thing is, is I don't think many of the agents and crew have got a lot of experience in valuing commercial properties. So I think you may, and commercial agents are always harder. So I think you might find a few slip through the gap if you like. So yeah, yeah. Look at. What, what about some of the neighbouring villages, Worcesterton, Lantwich, you've already mentioned, Shavington, Haslington? Did you used to sell much property there? Are there good investment opportunities there, whether flips or, or just buy-to-lets? Yeah, well, buy-to-lets are always going to be good because the schools are all good in those, you know, so Haslington, Shavington, Worcesterton, Williston, we don't, we sell houses in. I didn't tend to go to Nantwich, but the ones that are separate from crew, the, you know, the schools are very good. Although I think some of the schools and crew are very good. You know, I wouldn't like to knock those either, but to, I think those are very nice places to live. They know the nice villages have got good facilities. And the, the thing is that just because somebody wants to live in Shavington doesn't mean they're more able to buy a house than they are if they live in Crewe. You know, there's still problems with people getting on the housing ladder. So I know a lot of, I live in Williston myself, which is towards Nantwich. And I know a lot, I know there's quite a few rented properties here. And I know a lot of people who would live here to rent if there were more. So, and obviously you get much higher rents as well. So, I mean, obviously you've got to do the, you know, the risk reward thing. You know, you might not be getting up to eight or 9%, but I think you'll get better tenants and you're not, you know, you're not getting that margin tenant who might be you know on benefits or um you know struggling with their their money every month you know you're going to get somebody who perhaps is earning a bit more they just might be i don't know a divorcee who kids go to the school or something you know so you know so they might be a good risk but but it's a good steady return for them isn't it you know for you sorry it's a you know it's a good tenant and they're staying I mean, yes. you know the biggest the biggest problem is tenants leaving because every time you've got to spend some money you know if they leave after six months and they've made a mess you've got to redecorate yeah. or change carpets and so on so if somebody stays for 10 years it's it's a dream because you, you probably don't have to do as much repairs which you know you've got to factor into the whole thing because i've had i've had a couple of um, of mine come empty and you go and you think oh god you've only been here six months and i've got to buy a new carpet <laughs> No, indeed, indeed. Yeah, so there's opportunities there, um, and I think there is some commercial properties in in those villages which may which may prove attractive as well. You know, for that that side of things, that you know, the corner shop doesn't work particularly, and yeah. seems to be opening these co-ops and nicers and things like that yeah. that swallow up all the trade in the village. And um, you know, I think I think those are things to look out for as well. Okay, okay, brilliant. And let, let's just go back. We we touched on Bentley. I'm, I'm always amazed that. <laughs> Bentley, as huge as they are and as dominant they are in the luxury vehicle market, they they almost are a little bit undercover in crew. Yeah. Many people I've spoken to, spoken to out of the area, don't realise that Bentley is made in, in in crew, which I find amazing. Any thoughts in terms of their future investment and the effects that's going to have on properties or HMOs slash buy to lets people moving into the area and around? Well, the things I've heard, and it's probably not as current as it would have been if you were talking to me three years ago, because obviously I've kept me here a lot closer to the ground. But mm-hmm. the things I'm hearing is is that the the factory is staying; they're expanding it. They've they've shut off Sunnybank Road now, and also Pims Lane. So they've effectively created a campus there now. So the the council said, "Yeah, you're staying. You can have what you want." So they've now got what they've got at Wolfsburg, which is a campus, which is you can't drive through the centre of it anymore. So and they bought up more land and they're, they're definitely expanding. I think last time I heard the numbers, it was they employed something like three and a half thousand people, and I heard they were expanding to six and a half. And I think that would have happened without Brexit. One of the downsides, but it actually could be an upside for you and your clients, is that quite a lot of people are on contracts there, they're contracted rather than employed. I think Furcroft and another company, you know, other people who, who bring them in, and I think that. 
that contracted nature means that people will have to rent up here, which is obviously sure. the, the 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 house shares and so on. So I can't. I think that's going to last longer than we probably anticipated. Although I think that's the model they use, and I think in the motor industry, from what I gather, people are brought in to do a specific project for a year, like design a seatbelt or design a steering wheel. They're brought in to do that project for a year, so they work at Bentley now, and then they'll go to Jaguar, and then they'll go to Audi or something, yes. and they'll float around, you know, and and sort of work for different companies. So I'm I'm, I'm hearing that that's that's something that happens, and certainly I sold houses for people who bought houses to be here for two or three years on a specific contract and knew they were going to be moving. So I think I think that model stays. One of the downsides for the people on the better money, the better engineers, is they're not going to live in Crewe. They're going to go and live in Nantwich or Nutsford because right. obviously if, if people are used to travelling for 20 minutes or half an hour, you can drive to some very nice places out of Crewe yes. for 20 minutes or half an hour. So I think the contractors is where, and I think a lot of those contractors, if I was going to move to this area, going back to your thing about the villages, I think I would rather live, you know, if I was on that kind of engineer's salary and I'm used to living in, you know, quite a nice place, you know, to travel three miles into Crewe from Nantwich is is a dream for a lot of people because it's down one road with, you know, the only place you can go down that road is Bentley or the hospital. So it's quite easy. So, so I think, I think that those kind of people, you know, will rent and they'll pay good rents because they're used to renting elsewhere. They'll probably even get some assistance with it. So I think that's, that's a market worth looking at, but I think you get a lot of the, what they call the blue collar workers who are on contracts will mm-hmm. rent the rooms and the small houses in crew. And once again, if I was doing that, I'd either want to walk to work if I was that close. So, you know, that area of Coppenall with the newer houses might be a good market, you know, for, yes. for people there. Yes. Fair point. You know, yeah. if, if you can just, yeah. what you probably won't remember, Paul, being a fairly newcomer to the areas, when Crew's very flat. There's actually no hills in it. So everybody, when I was a kid, used to go to work in the, the ben, well, it's Rolls Royce then, or the railway works on a bike. So when he came out, they, they were missed. They were missed time by about half an hour. So I think Rolls Royce finished half an hour earlier than the works. But going down West Street was like the Tour de France. There, there could be, I think there was ten thousand people at the railway works, and I reckon eight thousand of them went to work on a bike and came down West Street. You just never see anything like it. It was just a. It was just like a. It was like the wildebeest going through the yeah. city. Yeah, it was awesome. So I, I think a lot of people now will go on a, a little bike to work if they can, or walk to work, and you know, with the health crazies now. So closer to Bentley might, you know, might be a good a good option for people. But it's definitely the biggest employer. But the but the equally the the retail park on the, or the business park on the other side of town is growing all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. they keep releasing new land, and whilst they don't employ a lot of people per square foot, you know, the big sheds really, but. AO, AO's one of their main distribution centers, AO.com is here. And, uh, you know, they employ quite a lot of people. And um, obviously that's that's walkable from your Nantwich Road, even Haslington, that side, Hungerford Road side of crew. So, and, you know, when you go down there, down that road ever, there's always a lot of people walking up and down because obviously they're, they're 24 hours a day, those places. So they... You know, there's a lot of turnover of people. Sure, sure. And I think I think that's one of the attractions of crew for certainly the the house share and the HMO investors. It's it's quite a transient population. People yeah. on contract companies are expanding in distribution, so there'll be a bunch of people that are moving to town to take advantage of that and and, and earn some extra money. It's been very attractive from that standpoint. So going forward, in terms of now, you're 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 looking after your your portfolio are you looking to expand that are you looking to buy more 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 things as they come available well i did buy one last year but it was it was um off somebody had sold one sold a flat up uh, downstairs and converted uh, my last model i was using was 
converting terraced houses into two flats. Right. Um, if you could buy them at the right money and they were the right size and shape, we could do, we, we got a good model working on it actually. I uh, did about five, I think. But one of the girls who worked for me decided she wanted to get on the house market. So she bought the downstairs flat and then she ended up getting divorced and wanted to get rid of the liability. So I agreed to buy it back off her because it would have been more problematic being in, in the same freehold leasehold arrangement. Yeah. Somebody didn't know. Yeah. But I think to be honest, we've got we've got enough. And in fact, if I could sell a few, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I would. Yeah, I've got one mortgage, and I could do a clearing off, and we could sell one property and get rid of that. It would um, it would actually give us more money than we're getting now because obviously we wouldn't have the mortgage to pay. Yes, of course. So with it being a commercial loan, it's over short term, and uh, it's quite a lot of money every month. So, but no. Um, you know, I, I keep seeing stuff, and my brother keeps ringing me up about commercial deals he sees because he keeps down the market, and uh, he thinks you know you can buy stuff so cheaply now that they're they're worth buying, as you say, flipping, just holding on to, maybe getting a good tenant in, and then flipping them over. I mean, every time we've had a commercial property come empty, we get because I put my own board up, and mm-hmm. sometimes I have an agent on, but I always get inundated with calls from people. I go and see them, and if I like the look of them, we'll take them, and then. But for example, we did that with a firm in Utoxter called Bear Coffee, and our little shop they rented off us. They've grown into a six-chain coffee house now, Amazing. and they've taken one in Northwich on the Keys in Northwich. They've taken two in Derby, and one in the big shopping centre, and one on the the Iron Market. And they've got they've taken the old bank in Stone as well. So they've grown from our little shop five years ago to to six shops. So they've become a good covenant from a very poor covenant, and that's what it's all about, you know. So. Yes. So that's that's what we're looking for is to find good people. You get a bit of a turnover to start with, but we always fill them. There's always a hairdresser or a you know a, some somebody who wants to run a little cafe or something, and um, yeah. some work, some don't. But they can be very high yielding. You know that's the good thing. Sure. So so that's another area to look at really. Okay. 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 Before we wrap up, just any words of wisdom or, or, or caution for some of the newer investors coming into the area? I mean, we get calls all the time saying, I'm looking to do an HMO in crew, I'm looking to buy uh, two or three bytelets in, in, in crew. Any, any, any thoughts, any words of caution or wisdom from yourself? Yes, listen. Is the biggest thing I'd say. <laughs> Somebody says, don't buy there, listen to them because you can make a big error. And I think get to know the town, do your research, go out and have a real good look. And if it feels right, it probably is. If it doesn't feel right, walk away. Things to look for would be bins on the street, you know, at the front that are left there all week. Um, I don't think that looks good. And there are some streets that happens and some streets it doesn't. Look at the parking, look how dense the parking is. Is it impossible to get down there? How do the houses look on the street? Are they done up? Are they renovated? It's much easier to rent or sell a property on a street that looks nice than one that's looking a bit shabby. Um, I mean, I've got one in Lunt Avenue, and all the streets in the terrace part of Lunt Avenue look great apart from two, and they, unfortunately, one of them is right opposite my property. You know, it's really run down. So I think have a good look. Use your eyes. Use your ears. Use your nose, you know, think of all <laughs> things. But I think listen to people, find somebody you can trust. I mean, you did the right thing latching onto us in terms of you know using us for advice. And I know you've had other um, clients and customers who have come in to see me in the past. And always, we're always welcome to sit down and say, pull up a chair, let me give you the benefit of our wisdom if you like. Mm-hmm. And but then there's no point asking for advice and then not listening to it, in my view. Which is, so I think listen to all the advice you can get. If advice is free, take it. It doesn't mean you, you necessarily have to take it all, but I think listen to it. Use your or use your senses, keep your eyes on the local paper probably, see what's going on and so on. 
And I think Cook can only go upwards. I mean, it's in a, a wonderful part of the country and it's the cheapest part by, well, I suppose Stoke's probably on a par. But, um, you know, in Cheshire terms, it's right in the middle. There was 1% unemployment until fairly recently. That's right. Until the pandemic right. came. And any town that's got 1% unemployment, in economic terms, that's full employment. So mm-hmm. if a town's got full employment, it can't be that bad. I just wish they'd get the town centre right, really. That's the big thing. I think H test two and the, the station will look after itself. I think the work's there. I think the houses are there. I think it just needs to be pulled together by Cheshire East doing something special in the town centre, really. Brilliant. And are you offering any services? Can people contact you if they want a little bit of advice from, or are you keeping yourself to yourself these days? No, I'm always here if somebody, um, you know, I mean, you've, you, you've rung me now and again about things, and so has Amanda. Um, I'm always here to do it. I don't particularly want to earn any money because I'll just pay too much tax on it. But I'm always happy if, you know, somebody wants a guided tour of crew. As you know, I can talk for England and, uh, <laughs> you know, that might be something I could offer is uh, let me give people a guided tour of cruise. You know, the, the this is a good place, this is a bad place. Look at the, you know, the park, look at the Bentley, how does it relate to the town and so on. You know, don't mind doing that at all. Okay. I don't think I particularly want to get involved in buying or selling really advice. Sure. So more general advice about the town and area and so on. Okay. Well, we'll put, we'll put some maybe some email details in the show notes. So yeah. if someone wants to uh, drop your note and then you can have a conversation with them if needs be. Just to remind them, it's a bottle of Cote de Rome wine for each bit of advice. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Cheaper the price. Well, I say that to everybody. And you want to know how many bottles of wine I've got over the last three years? None. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Not a single one. So <laughs> I've given a lot of advice, but not got much wine back for some reason. <laughs> Andrew, always a pleasure. I'm glad things are going well and you're enjoying your, your semi-retirement, as it were. We'll, we'll certainly catch up soon. And thanks for your words of wisdom and advice and guidance with regard to crew. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Okay, no problem. Thanks, Paul. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if so, please hit subscribe and share with those who you think would enjoy it too. To get in touch with Paul and Amanda directly, please visit their website, www.essentialpropertyoptions.co.uk for more information. We look forward to sharing with you on the next episode.